Welcome everybody to Too Legit to Crit, a tabletop role-playing podcast hosted by two guys who are about as incompetent as the town guide in a hard high fantasy setting. Oh, it's so accurate. I feel really bad for them as well, because like like I'm gonna be helpful, and then like adventurers come to town, they're like, I'm useless. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I kind of proved my own point where I could barely finish the sentence. Yeah. So, you know, it was just yeah. like extra immersion there for the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> my name is John Santana. I'm still Justin. You are still Justin, my good buddy. And it's just yeah. us. It hasn't been just us it in is. a while. It, I mean, we've had some amazing guests we on have. now. We have. We've had some, we've met some awesome people. We've like yeah. learned some awesome stuff as well. And oh, like it's been great, but it's nice to get back to usual. It's getting back to you and I where we can, yeah. you know. Waffle on about. <laughs> waffle on and make each other uncomfortable as much as humanly possible exactly <laughs> and you know we can get back to pretending we actually like each other which yes. you know i mean that's it that i mean that's really the hardest part of this job it is it is you know just kind of yeah. going on there and just kind of going ah oh, for fuck's sake Deep down, me and John actually fell out about two weeks after we started the podcast. We haven't actually spoken in person. It's all been a lie. Um, (laughs) This is all smoke and mirrors, folks. This is is all, you know, the show must go on. Yeah. You know, Um, not not since Vin Diesel and The Rock has there been (laughs) such a a feud in entertainment. Oh, my God. You did not just compare us to Vin Diesel and The Rock. Wait. Who's who in this situation? Would you be the rock or Vin Diesel? I would I would have to pull for the rock because I can't fucking stand Vin Diesel. <laughs> See, I get that. I get that. However, you do wear far more of the merch. You do far more of the socials. I just kind of swing in, make an appearance, and swing out. So I think in reality, you're the Vin Diesel of this I franchise. I could be the Vin Diesel. Yeah, I think I think and I maybe I'm the rock. <laughs> Yeah, you know. Um, and what can I say? Except you're welcome. And I could just say family and Corona. <laughs> family. <laughs> that piss, that whole thing about people taking the piss out of the family, that annoyed me, and I'll tell you why. Because, you know, you, did you see all the memes about family after one of the Fast yes. and the Furious movies? The thing that annoyed me the most about it is that Chris and I were making that joke about three years prior to when those memes came out. And it's like, you fucks. You know, that's our joke. (laughs) And then you have to stop it because it was mainstream now. And yeah, yeah. that's it. Then we had to stop saying it because, ooh, then we were were copying a. a, Nah, fuck that shit. No. How have you been, though, man? I've been really good, man. I've been really good. Um, doing a lot of like work behind the scenes, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of production. Um, again, we kind of I'm I'm having to dig into new skills and and stuff mm. like that. So the the first episode, the the bind one we did, yes, taking far longer than I expected it to take because again, it's a learning process, but. 
I've gone back and forth between do I add sound effects, do I add ambience, and in the end, I've gone for no. I am not going to. <laughs> I have re. I have remastered the audio. I've made a sound a bit clearer and a bit better, and that's it. <laughs> that's mean, that's it. Thing, right? that, that's that's on brand for us. It's uh, that'll do. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's there's so many um, like actual plays out there that yeah. you know that put all these sound effects in and all the all this. The the amount of work that goes into producing each episode. Yeah. I found out the other day that some podcasts um cut out filler words. Yeah. Like um they, they do. And, um, uh... <laughs> to be fair <laughs> to be fair, if I did that, then we <laughs> our runtime would be about 30 minutes. It really would. You know, so you know, so I can't, I can't, in good conscience, do that. To be honest, <laughs> you'd be cutting out ninety percent of the content. I would, I would be cutting out ninety percent of the content. Um, what else did I get up to? I got up to quite a few things. Um, you, you guys, you guys played some games. We did play some games. We got into some Delta of Green. I can't say I can't do the same with Delta Green than I do with the Fabula Ultima because every time nice. I kind of go, oh, we were deltering the green. People think I'm making a weed reference. You were greening the Delta. I was greening the Delta. That's I like that. I do like that. That is better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so we did play some Delta Green. Uh, mm, I, things. I got, the, uh, I, I got the update when I was at a I was at a work meal. And I'm sitting there at the table having work conversations, and then my phone goes, and I look down, and there's a photo of you fuck sitting around the table, <laughs> getting ready to roll dice. Yeah, and there I am oh, doing what? business stuff. <laughs> it was good. Um, we we definitely dialed up the the intensity. Nice. You know, um, nice. things happened. Um, so hopefully you can join us for the next session. I'm disappointed. <laughs> I'm disappointed. I'm I'm gonna kill your character off screen. That's fine. I have a backup. <laughs> Is your backup you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that character's gonna die. Oh yeah. <laughs> that character's dead. Um so we'll it's we'll discuss. It. Doesn't know it discuss. <laughs> I also did a bit more rolling um on mm. Sunday as mm. I played some more of the Kingmaker campaign. Oh nice. Uh, that was that was good. Some nice, a nice little bit of interparty conflict. Some choices were made regarding some bandits that could have lived, but then they didn't. And yeah, a certain champion was not best pleased. <laughs> so I'm gonna be, you know, polishing off my wooden spoon. And uh, what? Yes. Oh, and lastly, I now have everything ready for in just under a week where we will be recording episode two of creating the nerdverse so excited the the story well the story the 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 heist is set the stakes are set um i think it's just your character we need to kind of look into bring into level but other than that we are good to go and the rebel clause will return the rebel clause will ride again 
And yeah, we did I tell you we picked out a character image for you? Yes, you did. Yeah. It's a great one. Strongly disagree. <laughs> so yeah, your just, you know, your character image is basically winning, a winning the period, but elf. Rogue version, rogue yep. Santa's elf version of Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Rogue. Winnie the Rogue. Um, or Winnie the Shit. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so, well, I have not rolled any dice this week, apart from I have been dabbling in some character building. Oh, character building. Right, what have you? What hath thou come up with? Had a couple of interesting concepts. So, one of the concepts that I had, which I kind of know what I'm doing with it, but I kind of don't at the same time, was I was listening to some some good old Five Finger Death Punch because you know as you do, yeah. Um, and they have a song called Jekyll and Hyde, which obviously then made me think of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, that classic story, right? Yeah. And I thought, wouldn't it be really fun? to play that as a character, right? So a really, like really it. intelligent, scientist-y guy, but when combat begins, he loses his shit and he turns into this monstrosity, right? Right. Now, 5e has a class that would be perfect for it, and it has, like, shifters as a race as well. Now, mm. I'm building all of these in 5e because that's mostly what I play. So oh. the, the class would be an artificer, or artificer, mm-hmm. depending on how you pronounce it. Everyone pronounces it differently, it seems. Because Art- they have I, a... I, I say artificer. Well, that's because you're a weirdo. <laughs> um, but they have a subclass called Alchemist, who basically they, they mix potions and stuff like that, which I yeah. think is perfect for the whole, you know, Dr. Jekyll element, right? Um, but one of the really cool things with the artificer is their melee combat isn't done on strength or dexterity, they can roll their intelligence modifier for their attacks and stuff. Right. So I think, again, that kind of means I don't have to, like, have two really high stats and have him be, like, super butch, but also really clever. Like, he can be this weak, frail-looking guy, but when combat hits, he's still effective in combat because he uses his intelligence rather than his strength, right? But he still hulks out and turns into, like because he's got the shift to race, he still has those, like, animal-like appearance, and he shifts into that animal form. So I thought that'd be a really cool concept. I think you'd probably do better in... in Pathfinder with that. Probably. Um, Because in first edition, you had the Vigilante class, Mm. which you effectively played two characters. Mm. You played your social persona, then you played your... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you, you played your Bruce Wayne and your Batman, and yeah. they were very, very distinct characters. So you could effectively just have have your two characters. Mm. In second edition, it's not so much a class as it is an archetype, but it functions yeah. a very similar way. So I think that would probably lend it lend it better to to the to what you want to do. But you could always port something over. To five yeah, I mean, I mean there's, there's God always, there's knows people do it all the time. Brood everywhere, yeah, yeah, as well. But that's not the character that I'm most excited for. Now, I have been obviously staying in hotels a lot, as you know, which means I've had a lot of spare time to basically binge watch Netflix, Amazon, Disney Plus, etc., etc., etc. Insert streaming platform here, right? 
Yes. So one of the shows that I watched fairly uh, quickly was uh, the show called The Bear. I don't know if you've seen it. Is that the chef? It's about chef. Yeah, basically, yeah. like he he inherits his brother's restaurant, and he's like trying to turn it into like a like it's like a sandwich bar that he inherits, but he tries to turn it into like a Michelin star restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And he kind of got me thinking about a really cool character concept of a guy whose sole purpose of going adventuring was he had a restaurant. It got terrible reviews from the critics because the menu was just unoriginal and uninspired. Mm-hmm. So it, it, business slowed down, restaurant failed. So he's like, nah, screw this. He's going out adventuring to try and learn new recipes and figure out new new recipes and stuff to open a new restaurant. And that's his whole purpose of going out is he wants to try like using ingredients like goblin meat or dragon meat, stuff that's never been used before to try and create these recipes. So with the eventual aim of he wants to open a five claw restaurant, which in my head is like a five, like a Michelin, like Michelin stars, right? I know Michelin stars only go to three, but it's five claws. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. And in, in, in your narrative, it's, I can get behind that, yeah. <laughs> so that's what he's after, right? Um, okay. And I was, I, was talking, so I was actually talking about this with, uh, with one of our regulars, uh, Daryl, and we kind of spiced it a little bit as well. So because obviously he's constantly scribbling in this like big leather tome, right? And I, I decided to build him as an artificer as well. I've kind of gone down a bit of an artificer rabbit hole recently. Right. Um, because there's a few things that artificers can do that are quite cool. Um, but I also really like the concept of because he's got this big leather tome and he can cast magic and all this sort of thing, people just think he's a wizard. So they sign him onto the party thinking he's a wizard, but he's not. He's just a chef. <laughs> um, I mean, I was going to mention this, but... Um... Uh, Couch has mentioned it in the chat. The the con that that concept Dungeon is quite is big yes. in in a lot of animes because um our friend Chris he was telling me about another one similar to that. Um, and maybe obviously you've got the backstory of the restaurant and all that. I don't know mm. how that. I don't watch enough anime to to be able to kind of know if that uh if that ties in. But it could you know it could work. It is a good. I mean. It is, a, it is a good concept for a backstory, but how would you implement it? Because obviously, if we're talking like your D20 systems yeah. and all that, how would you implement it as, as a mechanic, as it were? Well, interestingly enough, in 5e, there is a, uh, I think it's either a feat or something where there's basically a chef. is is like a feat or a class. Uh, it's not a class thing, but uh, let me just find the character because I have actually started building him. Uh, I think he's this one. I have, I have far too many character sheets. Uh, is this him? I haven't built an I haven't yes. built an actual character in so long. I built far too many. So uh, there's a a feat that you can have in Five E, which is Chef, which lets you basically prepare food and stuff for the party. But when you're preparing food, so like when you're doing your your like nighttime downtimes or your morning, you know, making breakfast or whatever. If someone with the chef feature is preparing those meals, it can actually provide buffs and stuff to the party. So that's okay. where it can, so it becomes kind of like he's a u- bit of a utility character. Um, yeah. Because like one of the other flavor things that we had is he carries this massive shield on his back, but the shield's actually just a wok. It's not a shield. Yeah. 
<laughs> so it's little, little things like that. Um, so yeah, essentially he, he becomes, he'd be built as a bit of a utility character. So he'd be a support character. Um, who's like I say, just mainly out there to, uh, right. Get these recipes and stuff like that. And I just, I, I'm really looking forward to playing it. <laughs> you know, I see now, you, now you've got me thinking, um, <laughs> Because what I would do to kind of build on that concept, right? I'd I'd probably do the. Am I couch? Couch says I'm describing the dwarf from Dungeon is Delicious. I. I don't know. I need to like bring that back up. Um, no, because what I was because what I was thinking, what you could do, right, is you could do like a rogue monk multi class with that chef mm-hmm. feet. And you could have Steven Seagal's character from Under Siege. <laughs> He's a chef. He, he he does knives. And he kicks the shit out of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's going like the other way, though. That's like chef who's just kicking the shit out of people rather than chef who's kicking the shit out of people to cook them. Right? Because <laughs> basically the- every time we kill something, unless it's like human or elf or you know insert generic playable race here i'm cooking them <laughs> yeah but i mean to be honest and let i mean let's play devil's advocate in a fant in a high fantasy setting you know i think humans could quite possibly on the me- be on the menu as well meets back on the menu boys <laughs> hey, yeah there's a high fantasy setting i mean weirder things have happened that line has always tickled me a little bit because it implies that orcs have restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> you never, hey, fuck you. You never know. They may do. No, no, it's just really funny to me. Yeah, no, it's, it's just like the, the whole... <laughs> After a hard uh, the, day of raiding Gondor, I like nothing's going down to orc Wendy's. <laughs> getting, a, getting a halfling burger with fries. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mark Donald's. <laughs> Burger Sauron. Um, um, I'm just trying to think of more. Trying to think of more. Burger Five Kings. <laughs> the, the Golden Rings instead of the Golden Arches. There we go. See, we're getting somewhere. Oh God, we're building out an entire like fantasy. <laughs> Fast food franchise. But, yeah, I I definitely want credit for Mark Donald because I think that's fucking brilliant. Oh, okay, yeah. So Kaus has just sent me a picture of the dwarf from Delicious Dungeon, and yeah, it's that. Except I wasn't gonna play a dwarf, but yes, it's basically a dwarf walking around with a walk on his back. Fuck's sake. Ah, uh, well, Curse you anime. I mean, to be fair, it's oh, anime and. And, ev- <laughs> and everything has been done before in anime. Yeah, yeah it's true. It's true. If you now, think of it, there's an anime for it. 100%. It's kind of like the non-porn version of Rule 34. Yes, it, it's exactly what it is. Exactly. Yes, but, exactly. Uh, Freezer <laughs> did, did, did it. <laughs> well, did Freezer do this? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, yeah, yeah, there, that's yeah. the character. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. You know, it does it does sound kind of cool. Yeah, and I'm actually like I I've got like a, a it's it's in my backpack down there, um, but I've actually got like a little leather notebook that I'm actually going to scribble down these recipes into as I'm making them up on the fly during sessions. 
But question is, when are you going to play this character? Well, that's the real thing. Is uh, Daryl is itching to DM some stuff, so he is invited. Basically, he was going to DM some stuff for like his family because there's like three or four people in that household that play D and D. Mm. Um, and when I very excitedly messaged him, like, character idea, character idea, character idea, I was like, do you want to join? I was like, yes. <laughs> so I'm joining their family game, basically. Fair enough. Someone offered me um, to join a D&D game on Sunday. What a 5e game, you! Yeah, they was like, hey, yeah, we're, we're missing players. Do you want to play? I went, what are you playing? They went, 5e. I went, nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> How about uh, new Scott? <laughs> so yeah, that that's something that happened. <laughs> yeah, good time. They clearly don't watch the show. <laughs> they clip exactly. They're not fans. You should have been offended. You should have been offended. Like, how dare you! How dare you not watch the show? Either that, or they're confusing me and you. <laughs> yeah, swap this round. Yeah, they're mixing. Names they're, do begin with a J. I'm just saying. They're, they're mixing up the Rock and Vin Diesel. <laughs> easily done. Both big bald men. It's easily done. Easily. I'm balding. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I do have a few years on you, though. So this is true. You do. Yeah. 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 Look at that. I I hit forty with a full head of hair and no, and and a full eyesight. And then as soon as forty, it was like. You know what? We've come this far. <laughs> We're done. Bye. <laughs> yeah, so you're going to need glasses. You're going to need need to start shaving. <laughs> we had a good run. Um. <laughs> it was good while we lasted. We held on as long as we could. That beautiful but, uh, black Spanish hair is no more. Peace, peace out, bitches. Um. <laughs> right. I do believe that you had some topics for us this week. I it did. It's just you and me, and we don't have a lovely guest to occupy most of the time. No, I do. I do have a topic. Um, and this is something that that kind of occurred to me when I was on Casual Yelling uh, mm-hmm. podcast. And we were talking about tabletop role-playing games. We were talking, you know, about different systems and this, that, and the other. And I said something that it was a bit off the cuff at the time. Mm. And I didn't really give it much thought. And the more I've thought about it, the more I've kind of gone, yeah, that's actually a point. There is there is something to that. And my question that I posed to you Justin and the listeners is are GMs necessary in Pathfinder and 5e? Oh, um, I think sometimes, not always. I mean, because like I said, I'm, I'm kind of viewing this from the through the prism of Pathfinder, right? Mm. Uh, but I do see them having the same in, inherent sort of downsides, as it were. Mm-hmm. The downside is 
because the rules are available to all the players from from the get-go, it means that the GM sort of prerogative is is something that has to be added on to the game as opposed to other systems where it is part of the game. Let's take Blades in the Dark, for example. Yeah. Yeah, Blades in the Dark, for example, you say, I want to do this. And that's when the, the conversation between the GM and the player happens. All right, how are you thinking? All right, I'm thinking it could be this. But there's also, you know, we could use Assess, we could use these different skills, we could use that. And there is a lot more um there is a lot more flexibility yeah um in the systems where the players have the rules you know if a gm has to say no 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 this is the way i'm running it it's it's going against what the rules say to a certain degree yeah 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 because because if a player says, oh, no, no, um, I shouldn't be flat-footed because the rules say I shouldn't be. But then the GM goes, dude, you've just had sand kicked in your fucking face. You're going to be flat-footed. It's yeah. The GM call has to override the rules of the game. So theoretically speaking, if we were to remove that element, and just have the players with the rule book and the stat blocks, and adventure paths, then how necessary is a GM? And if so, what do they actually provide? Yeah, I think I think for me, I would I would prefer to play with a DM or a GM, depending obviously on system of choice, right? Purely because if I know what's coming it's it can be harder to not steer towards that if you know what i mean um so i think just from a like a, a knowledge point of view it's nice to have that that shield right of you don't know everything that's coming down the line you can have a pretty good idea but you don't know everything i think can be quite good are they needed i don't know absolutely not I, I no. still think they are valuable to a degree, but absolutely. I mean, you could like, uh, I mean, as like, I mean, pe people in the chat are saying you, you could do it with, you know, AI. Uh, you could probably DM a campaign through the AI tools that are out there now. Um, but likewise, with the, with a number of like random role tables and encounter tables and stuff like that, no, absolutely. You could run an entire campaign without anyone sitting behind a screen. Because you would just be, you know, traveling down a coast. Okay, roll on the coastal encounter table. Okay, this is what we're encountering. Cool, let's let's fight. And you just take it in turns to also play the the bad guys, right? Um, who who would voice your NPCs? Couch asks. <laughs> well, I mean, without me at the the head of a table of the Pathfinder, not all the NPCs will sound like they're from Yorkshire. <laughs> You know, it is, I mean, it is, I mean, I'm not saying let's do away with DMs oh, yeah, and, and yeah, GMs or anything no, like that. I'm just saying that there are systems <laughs> in which the role of a GM is massively downplayed now. Yes. 
No, no. Uh, I mean, I've felt it when I've been sat playing Pathfinder and I've been sat there. And it's just, I am literally telling people what they already know. Does, it, does an 18 hit? Yes, it hit last time, so... See, yeah, I think that, it's that's where maybe hard. it's... Um, that, yeah, I mean, that, that can kind of just be down to the table, though. Like, once I know what the AC is, I'll just roll, and if it's above what I know the AC is, I'll just tell you, I've hit, this is the damage, or I've missed, this is this, you know, whatever, move on. I think that also then comes down to the, the players, right? Because we have got... I mean, we, we know people that, if you tell them the AC, they'll just roll their attacks and then tell you the damage, and you can crack on. Because um, I think, like, Chris got to that point in Pathfinder, didn't he? Because he had so many attacks, he would just be rolling while the rest of you were taking your turns. And then when it got round to him, he would just tell Scott the damage. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and... It, it, it has, you know, it's... Uh, they, I mean, don't get me wrong, they do, do GMs still serve a purpose, and mm. they are still, they are still important. But I just... I don't think they are 100% necessary. I think they... No, absolutely not. You know, they they have become more adjudicators. Yeah. And referees. Which is kind of sad. A, which is kind of sad because it, it, it kind of goes heavily on onto the mechanics. It's like, oh, um, I've understood this rule this way. It's like, hmm. Well, no, I I kind of see it this way. That's how we're going to run it. That's that is basically the main function, and you know, getting knobheads at the table to behave themselves. Yeah, yeah you don't. An, you that's, don't. That's in any system. <laughs> that's in any. That is in any system. But in in other, like for example, we played uh, Covenant Crucible. Yes. Um, a couple of weeks so back. Fun. But there, Stefan was. He, he, the presence was needed. We needed Stefan for that game. We could yeah. not have run that without him. Agreed. But how much of that was because we also were learning the rules while we were going? Not as much as you would think. Not as much as you would think, because it's not a pre-written story. There was no pre-written module. It was yeah, yeah. reacting to what we did. Yes, but you could Where, do that same style of DMing in Pathfinder or D and D if you're not like if you're running a fully homebrewed thing and you don't prep past you guys meet here, right? Which is how some people run. I've I've met people that run like that. Uh, a friend of mine was was telling me about a session they rocked up to in 5e where the only prep they had written down was goblins question mark. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I run like that, but still, yeah. you know, the only thing I'm necessarily there for is to expert, you know, give them the story. Yeah. But the rest of it, you know, here's a creature. There you go. If you want, here's a stat block, knock yourselves out. Yeah, I think that that comes down to like, the me mechanics part of it though because i think they're definitely still needed for story i don't think they're needed for mechanics to be unless honest you're, I'm, unless you're teaching i'm i'm teaching people how to play oh I, I, i'm hitting buttons on my keyboard and stuff's happening my bad uh, <laughs> <laughs> no i don't i don't necessarily think they're 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 100 needed for story 
Oh, no, even then, I don't think they're needed, but I think that's that's what their main focus should be. I don't. Th- I think the the problem that we've had is, especially with things like you know Pathfinder, not so much two E because that's quite new, but like like D and D as a whole, Pathfinder from like first edition, people have had so long to play with those rules that they've started to get into the. Oh, but if you read it this way, you know, like the, the language police have come around and be like, well, um, technically that could mean this, right? And I think given enough time with a system, people will start to do that with another system. I think I think it does. I think those systems, I mean, this is kind of a bit tangential, but I do think mm. those systems promote an unhealthy type, mm. style of play. Yeah, absolutely. You know. I think they they do create this sort of we're gonna milk the system. We're gonna milk it for everything it's worth. We're gonna, you know, optimize, we're gonna tweak and this, that, and the other. Which if you're into that, great, go play Warhammer. No, because Warhammer's on dice rolls, and we know that dice don't like me. Dice have dice haven't been too bad to you lately. They've well, no, I think we just we played a system where mediocre rolls are good. Because that's the thing, I don't roll terribly, but I roll, like, between, like, 5 and 10. And that's the difference, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> the only time dice have been good to me was when we played Common Crucible, where those mid-tier rolls are god-tier rolls. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> even for that 13. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, you know, and that's a very common roll for me. <laughs> I think any, anything between five and nine is a common role for you. It is. And that's, that's, that's why the dice looked like they were being friendly to me. They weren't <laughs> being just as cruel as ever. That was, that was a really cool fucking session, though. It was. It was so good. And I can't wait for everyone to see it because I want to talk about it more. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, you know, let me get, let me get this producing done. <laughs> um, back to the topic. <laughs> yes, back to the topic. Um, yeah, I mean... Again, I think I don't think they're necessary. Like I think we can agree on that. They're not necessary. Like you could, I could pull out for Five E, for example. I've got Xanathars, which has got tables and tables of like pre-gen encounters, and then you would just need the monsters manual to find the creatures. Right, the books that you could buy, they're like thirty quid a pop. Done. Right, and you could run loads of sessions just from that. I think what you would need is. You, you would need a story to go along that. And that's where I feel like someone needs to be not necessarily guiding the story, but someone needs to be putting that story in front of you because otherwise there's not really a, like, why are you just walking down this coast? Like what's the purpose for it? Right. And that's where I think having not necessarily a DM, but like a, a storyteller that's guiding, giving you a reason to to go to that beach and have that encounter. Because otherwise, there's just no purpose to it. There's no reason behind this group of characters coming together and doing this thing. I still think that with, you know, with in Path, like, for example, one one thing that Pathfinder is famous for is the quality of their their adventure paths. You know, I think get a bunch of players, get them to crack open a book. 
and run it. Then you do run into the problem of they would have knowledge that they shouldn't have. Doesn't matter. It would for some people. I want to do the experiment. Like it, it, it could absolutely work, but I think you would have to have the right players for it to work. I personally would hate that. If I if I knew everything that was going to happen in the story ahead of time, I would hate that. Um, because it would be like reading a book you've already read, right? You know the twists. You know the like. For example, like if you had like that that NPC betrayal, you know it's coming. But the trick is to not read ahead. To actually some, some. read through the story, you, you know, there's you, kind of, pre- you have to sometimes though. Like not the way those path those adventure paths are set up. I mean, I don't know about the Pathfinder ones, but quite you, often, like you, you do have to read ahead a little bit in some of the five E ones because there'll be like call, calls to other pages and stuff like that. Um, so I think it, it would have to change the way some stuff's written, but I think it's going to be it, it's going to be one where you'd have to have either the right like the the AP written the right way for that to work or you would need the right kind of players that aren't going to be too bothered about having more information than they should have i'll just put it in the chat and i was actually going to say it um it's like an old school choose your own adventure you see i hated those books <laughs> i hated them with a passion no, no, you just start. You start at the beginning. And, yeah, I, and you I, get hate, through I hated those books. So I I'm going to do it. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, it absolutely could work. It's just I would hate that as a player. Like, if I sat down at a table and it was like, right, we're going to read the book together, but I'm going home because it just wouldn't work for me. No, um, I'm, one day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the experiment. Well, don't invite I'm, me. <laughs> I'm going to prove the point of kind of going, these, these systems have taken on a life of their own. I mean, like I say, I think it, it can it can work. I just don't think I would enjoy it personally. Do you think the only thing that I think that you would be missing is someone pre-preparing stuff like maps and whatnot? But again, that it just becomes clerical work. Even then, though, like that's normally what I do anyway. I'm the one like of all the people that I've played with and stuff i think i'm probably the one that prepares maps and minis and stuff more than anyone else we've played with um so i I think that that isn't where i'd miss it as a player because as a player that's not something i've had a lot of if you know what i mean right because like all all the dms i've had like uh you know like you scott couch chris you're all very much we'll just get some dry erase marker and sketch it out while we're going yeah that's the fun Um, way no, exactly. And that's, that's what I mean. It works great, but that's what I mean. Like, in terms of prep, that's like that you could do with the way you're saying of doing it, right? You turn to the page, oh, there's a dungeon. Let's sketch it out quickly, right? Um, and it would work really well for that. Same as like with my dungeon tiles of, oh, okay, there's, there's, a, there's a dungeon. Let's just plonk, plonk the tiles out quickly. Like, that's what I'm saying. It could definitely work. I just don't think as a player I would enjoy it because I like having someone pointing me in a direction. Otherwise, I feel like. There's no point to it, if you know what I mean. No, I'm definitely gonna. I'm. I'm gonna get it set up. We're gonna give this a go. I'm not gonna be a GMless, GMless Pathfinder, and it's just gonna be. We're all gonna have a core rule book. We're all gonna have a character sheet, and we're all gonna have a copy of a module. And it'll be okay. 
Screw you, Couch. Couch says he's going to do it and not tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, so, yeah, that was, it just occurred to me the other day. And, you know, the more I, the more I realize it, the more in these systems you just become a bookkeeper. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, if people are into that, that's great. Personally, I'm getting much more enjoyment out of Delta Green. Mm. I'm getting much more enjoyment out of Blades in the Dark. Where it's like, okay, now we're going to create a story together. Mm. As opposed to, yeah, just, you know, this is this is what you do, and this is what the book says. I, you know, ah, fuck that. I think as well that that also maybe does come down to players a little bit, right? Because you do get some players who don't get all crunchy into mechanics, and they are just there for for story, even in Pathfinder and D anD D. So I think maybe that also comes down to to players as well, right? Um, but yeah, no, it, it'll be an interesting experiment. I I won't enjoy it. I can tell you that right now. Um, but. I can definitely see it working. Yeah. Yeah, we'll I'll I'll see what I can do. I'll see if I can come up with something and and get something set up. I've already got Couch and Stefan in the chat saying that they I can enjoy. see. Yeah, I can They'd see. They'd be like, yeah, why not? Let's do it. And I'm just it'd be fun to see just how off the rails it goes. See, and that's why I think I wouldn't enjoy it too much. It's because you wouldn't have that steer, and I like the steer. Well, you do. You just gotta. You gotta keep to what it says in the book, and to be that's all a Pathfinder GM does. <laughs> I once had a set of players that went so far off book by page two, I had to throw the book away. <laughs> I, I mean, I I love going off book. Well, the the issue I had right, it was um, it was one of my first times DMing, uh, and it was. It was a system a system I knew, but the world I didn't, because it was the Dragon Age um, role playing like tabletop role playing game, and it uses the Fantasy Age system, right? So it's three D six, and I know that system, yeah. So I knew how the system worked, but I know nothing about Dragon Age because I've never I've never even played the video games, right? I know nothing about the Dragon Age world, and two of the players at my table were massive Dragon Age nerds, like. One one of them was uh, my, my ex, who was so into Dragon Age that for one of, I think it was either birthday or Christmas or something like that, I bought them a massive, like, poster that was signed by the artist of the main character from one of the Dragon Age games. I um, Like, that level of Dragon Age nerd, right? So by the second page of the book, they'd gone so off the rails, and I knew nothing about this world. I was like, I am not comfortable DMing a world that I know nothing about off book. So I handed the I just handed the GMing to someone else. I was like, "You take over. I'm going to go sit over here now." <laughs> I would have just I would have created my own world. Well, that was the problem. Like, is because they they were only playing it because it was Dragon Age, right? So I didn't want to take that element away because that's why they were playing it. Yeah, they should have stayed on topic then. <laughs> it was their first time playing a tabletop role playing game. I didn't want to ruin the experience for them. <laughs> in your words, sounds like a them problem. I mean, it very much was a them problem because they then went on to play in that Dragon Age campaign for about two years. <laughs> All right. So should we take a look at the notice board today? Yes. But okay, before so we bef do, yeah, before we do, we need to give a shout out to our partners. Um, first, it is Deals of Opportunity. So check out Deals of Opportunity. It is an automatic, simple and free way to save on the tabletop role-playing games you want. 
Just add your drive-through RPG and Dungeon Masters Guild wish list and get notified anytime a title on your list goes on sale. Just set it up and save. Our second partner tonight is 13th Moon Games. It is a family-run indie game company out of Wyoming, USA that created the tabletop role-playing game Coven and Crucible, a game of modern-day witchcraft. If you can imagine the John Wick movies and the last witch hunter got together and had a really pretty baby, Coven and Crucible would be it. If you want to learn more or are interested in joining the official Discord game, check them out on Instagram and message them there at 13th Moon Games or on Patreon, 13th Moon Games. We played yeah, Coven and Crucible. We, did. we, did. we love Coven and Crucible. Do you, do you know what the weirdest thing is, right? Is I know that we've had that description of it before, but I completely forgot that we'd had that description of it before. And I was trying to describe it to someone because I was telling them like how much fun it was and how awesome it was. Um, and I was literally like, have you seen The Last Witch Hunter? And they're like, yes. I was like, it's that like game. <laughs> So that's why I was kind of laughing when you got to that bit. I was like, fuck, that's how I described it. That was literally how I described it. <laughs> no, it was. And that the the de- the John Wick sort of vibe of it yeah, all came it's, it's through. Like, it's so good, man. And just the law that yeah. I presented and I loved it. Yeah, it was we, so much fun. And in true to form, we pissed off a lot of people. Yes, we did. <laughs> Yeah, it was, you know, that that was the beauty of it. It was, are we going to piss these people off? Yes, we fucking are. (laughs) And it is going to be amazing. There are three options in here. We do it and nobody's pissed off. We do it and one person is pissed off. We do it and everyone is pissed off. Which one do you think we chose? oh but it was so much fun um Kautz also just hit me with a brilliant idea in the chat i don't know if you've read it but he said uh get the diablo rpg and as we get through the first half of the first session knock you all out and then ah i see you're awake friend todd howard strikes again nice <laughs> um stefan stefan has put i could take Vin diesel <laughs> probably could I mean, not gonna lie i know where my money would be yeah my money would be on stefan yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got magic on his side. He has got magic on his side. All right. So we, every week, we do try and take a look at a couple of the um, the projects that are coming out in the community. Uh, yes. we, each, we each pick one. We, we try to do a deeper dive as possible as we can. Mm-hmm. And have you chosen yours for this week? I have. The All right. actually from your neck of the woods. Ooh. But we'll get into that once you roll for initiative. All right. If you got your you've got your dice next to you. I do have my dice next to me. You do have your dice next to you. I got my dice tray as well. Okay. Which um, dice do I want? Okay. Uh today I'm weirdly, I'm not using purple today. I'm using red. I might use this purple means, then just to piss you off, because if you lose, mm-hmm. it'll be to a purple one. That will piss me off. Purple. All right. Okay, I'm using red. All let's right, see, let's, ro- All right, let's roll for initiative, man. What you get? Wait, is that what's that on top? Is that a seven on top? It's a seven, yeah. See, your luck is turning. Ever since God you started ten. this, po- ever since you started this podcast, your luck is the turning. Dice, the dice gods have forgiven me. 
I got a 10. So that means I get to go first, right? You get, yeah, that means you get to go first, brother. I, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, all yeah. the pressure, all the pressure's on you now. Well, I have selected something from your neck of the woods. My neck of the woods? How far into my neck of the woods? Very. It is a Pathfinder bit of uh, interesting coming soon. Interesting. So it is uh, a Pathfinder uh, words escaping me. Adventure Path. That's the one. Jesus. What the hell? We just discussed this for like 20 minutes. (laughs) It's Pathfinder Adventure Path. Um, that is currently in playtest and should be releasing soon. That's all we've got. We haven't got a date, but they went into playtest in December of last year for seventh, seven to ninth level characters. So it covers a couple levels there. It is called the Avatar of Aramil. Okay, I'm listening. So an Avatar of the Eight has been born in the village of Aramil, uh, which is a new dwarf, uh, dwarf elf city. Jesus, I can't speak today. Um, it's a new elf city that they are creating for this uh, adventure path. So you're going to get a new city for elves as well, which would be pretty cool. Um, so basically, the Avatar of Eight, the, the whole lore behind it um, is every uh, few few years, or I say few years, few centuries or whatever, um, the one of the gods is sort of arrives in a corporeal uh, not corporeal form like yeah corporeal form on on the planet right and it'll always be a different different deity um and it kind of it arrives it stays there for a few years it does its thing um you know for whatever this particular deity is right it'll do its thing and then it'll leave again so it'll come and make like if it's a god of war it'll come and like sow war for a few years and then off it fucks, right? So the whole point of the campaign, from what I can gather, is you are not from the religion that follows this deity. Okay. You are very concerned about what this deity will do if allowed to freely enact its will. Okay. So essentially, what you're trying to do is prevent that from happening. Um, Now, there's not an awful lot of information about it other than that. Uh, and that it has gone into playtests, and the playtests are going very well. If you would like to follow along uh, along with what's happening, they have got regular updates on their Patreon, which is free for the updates. You can pay to support them if you want to. Um, but the the updates are free, and the, as I said, the last one was on December 19th when they went into the playtest. Um, okay. They're expecting the playtest to last a little while because it's not like a one-shot. It is a bit of a campaign-y adventure path. Mm. Um, so they're going to have to play through it a few times just to iron out wrinkles and make sure there's the correct progressions and all that sort of thing, right? Because there's nothing worse than an AP where you get towards the end and you're like, oh, no, we're not strong enough. Or you get to the end and you're like, well, that was yeah. easy. So they've got to get all the scaling right and stuff like that, and they're really taking the time with it. Um, so that is, uh, it's been written by somebody called Sean Hook. Um, and yeah. It's uh, being published by Legends of Athalu. So the Avatar of Aramil. Check it out, guys. It's going to be awesome. We'll put some links uh, in all of the places. Awesome. All right. Well, I have been taking a look at a podcast. 
Now, podcasts are quite hard for us to do just because we don't yes. really necessarily have the time to to consume everything they have to offer. So mm. a lot of it is on on face value. Um, but this is the Chaos Den podcast. Okay. All right. So they are mostly a Dungeons and Dragon fifth edition podcast. They're based out of Ontario, Canada. Um, they've currently got two campaigns that are running with weekly episodes being released Thursday mornings. There is Shattered Memories, where four adventurers awaken with no memory of their past and are sent on a mission to investigate mysterious happenings on the continent of Paramore. Then they also have Rise of the Ancient King, where a band of misfit heroes gather together to collect the scales of four ancient dragons in the hopes of obtaining enough power to take down an ancient Lich King. They also have a new segment coming out called Chaos After Dark, where husband and wife head out into the den after dark with a few drinks and board game in hand. So I started listening to one of these shows. Mm-hmm. In particular, Shattered Memories. Mm-hmm. All right. So that sounds started, awesome, by the way. Started at episode one. The reason I picked it was because you and I have discussed a similar premise from time yeah. to time. It's kind of, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's see how they do it. So... In the first couple of minutes, we realize that the band, the adventurers, consists of two humans, a sentient tree, (laughs) and a duck. At that point, I went... Uh, And at that point, I went, oh yeah, I'm in. (laughs) All right, so the sentient tree very much based around Groot. So yeah, it's, got, yeah. It, it's called Gizmo. Mm-hmm. So all it says is Gizmo. Yeah. However, it can write. It can write and can kind of express its thoughts like that. The the duck is very eloquent and it can speak. So they all get out and they all you know they all awaken in this place. They are approached by a construct which is the embodiment of someone that is not there who basically tells them that he has rescued them minutes before their impending death nice they've all been there for a different amount of times like i think the duck's been there for a few days the tree's been there for a hundred and odd years and basically they then are let out into the world and to dude it is very much us it is very much our style of humor it is our sort of brand of offbeat fuckery our brand of chaos our brand of chaos and yeah i'm i'm enjoying it i've I've listened to one episode so far i haven't listened to um the other one uh rise of the ancient king as of yet but right now i'm on episode just finished episode one of shattered memories I'm a fan. I've got to say, I think it's pretty fucking cool. So how, how have they handled like the, the whole amnesia thing, right? Because like, like you said, that is something that we've discussed a few times of like how we would do it. They haven't really delved too much into mechanics, but I'm getting the impression that they they haven't done the whole we don't know what we're capable of. Right. I think okay. I think their memories, I think their muscle memory is still there. 
Right. So, so that's just still, like the actual, like lo- the long-term memory isn't there, yeah, but so, they've got still got like, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, so they, what they don't know is their story. And they had yeah. like a bit of a, a flashback of the moment before they died. Like the tree mm. was in the forest and it was surrounded by fire and and all this. And it is, it is really good. And just like there's one point where they're talking to some guards and then they walk away. It's like, those guys are dicks. <laughs> and it was just when that happened, it was like, yeah, that that sounds like our table. That sounds yeah. like what we play, our play style. Where it is very much um sort of self-critiquing. Yes. Where we will just like completely uh be critical of players like not players but like characters in game choices especially when it comes to npcs yes that's awesome dude that sounds so much fun i'm I'm gonna give that a listen yeah give that a listen so it is chaos den podcast um from what i can tell it's only one feed so Mm. to kind of pick out the individual episodes you just have to kind of go through it but yeah check out shattered memories i really enjoyed it and i will probably be listening to a bit more as as time goes (laughs) on no that sounds awesome man all right so um i think we should take a little jaunt over to the lounge i think we shall let's get comfy all right okay so what are we rolling today are we rolling a d i think it might be a d4 uh, d8. today yeah d4, d4 even d4 why am i saying d8 i've got um, i've got it i've got a d8 on the on the dice tray all it's, ready it's, um, well i mean a d8 would just be divided by two so it's, a, it's still a d4 at the end yeah. of the day right well, all right. Okay, so you call them out then. Uh, so one, two is couch. Three, four, Chris. Five, six, sci-fi. Seven, eight, Daryl. Okay, six. That was that was, six. that was sci-fi. sci-fi. Good old Siffy. Yeah. Let's see what's he got for us today. All right. Okay. Uh, so actually, done that one. Yeah. We've got the one left. All right. So the one left. What are your go-to classes when you are playing for diff for a different genre? Well, you know mine. <laughs> and you know mine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think we've both discussed this at great length. <laughs> and the, I mean it was I mean Covenant and Crucible was testament to that. Yeah. Well, yeah, you pricks. <laughs> <laughs> every single one of you yeah we're gonna rehash my original characters and yes i'm rehashing mine oh <laughs> uh, yeah i mean for me it was uh, i mean because obviously my default character class if we're talking pathfinder and um that other weird system is is a bard i've always liked bards i like yes. the the chaos that they bring I like the ability to kind of twist and manipulate people. So yes. the moment we went um, into Coven and Crucible, it was, okay, so yeah, that's what I want to be. I want to be a con man. I want to be, you know, I want to pump everything I can into charisma. Yes. And I did, <laughs> and it was fun. <laughs> Oh, I'm just laughing at Couch because he's saying that I didn't play my original character because technically I played a barbarian before I played my rogue. 
Yeah, but that barbarian, what, did it last a session? Uh, it was one session because we got another barbarian in, and I didn't really want to play barbarian. I only picked barbarian because we didn't have one. Mm. And then I played a rogue, which is what I really wanted to play, because I've been playing rogues since World of Warcraft officially released, like the first version of World of Warcraft way back when. Um, I played a rogue in that, and then when I wanted to play in terms of role-playing games, I was like, well, I know how rogues work in general. Um, and at the time, as you well know, I was making a fairly good drinking session out of a pack of playing cards and conning drunk people in a pub. So I was thinking, rogue, rogue makes sense. It's, I mean, it's what I do anyway, right? <laughs> am I really role-playing or am I just me? Like, <laughs> Yeah, um, uh, so you did, that's what you yeah. brought into Covenant Crucible. It is, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I mean, what, I mean, because there was a there was another one as well. Yeah, uh, in creating the nerdverse, you're playing a luck. Um, yeah, which is a rogue. <laughs> yeah, which is essentially a rogue. A Winnie the Pooh rogue. Yes. Oh, Willow's Bane is in chat. Who was the other barbarian in our original game? Yes, and then teamed up as the muscle to my rogue. <laughs> so we would go stand there. I'd con people. Just be standing there like, mm, no. <laughs> We did make a good team. We were a good team. But yeah, no, I think Rogue, Rogue is definitely my default. Um, I kind of, I vibe with them really hard. Um, like, I was... I was just always really into that whole running cons and, and that sort of thing, right? I've always enjoyed, like, films where that's the, the thing. And yeah, that's so that's always the class that kind of screamed at me. So I've always enjoyed playing around with them and, and fiddling. Yes, I mean, in, in, like, I'm just trying to think of other systems. There's, um, I think in Starfinder, like, for, instead of a bard, you've got an envoy. You've got an envoy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, then, obviously, in Blades in the Dark, you've got the Lurk. There is, is, I'm I'm trying to remember what the other, the other playbook is that, uh, that Eric is running. He's he's kind of like the bard type. Yeah, the, the face. Is it the spider? The spider. Something like that. Yeah, it might, yeah. It might be the spider. Um, yeah. But yeah, I that's kind of what I always lean to. I always kind of lean to the, yeah. the overly the face, the charismatic. The yeah, the the charisma, the charisma, the the deception, and yeah. you know, I just pump everything into charisma and just start rolling dice. <laughs> like I. <laughs> Can I talk my way out of this? Is this a situation in which I can kind of, no, you know, I'm going to try anyway. <laughs> I'm going to try anyway, and if not, I'm going to talk someone into doing something stupid. If I can't talk myself out, I'm going to talk somebody else in. <laughs> exactly, that's the logic. You know, yeah. you just, you know, I, I mean. And and the fact that I got to once again wind up one of Couch's clerics is yes, that was just ah, uh, it was so good to me. There was I was all, like with, with with the original group because I left quite early on. I missed a lot of that because obviously you guys continued long after I went. Like I moved away, right? Um, and yeah, I, I missed a lot of that stuff of of you guys, like all of you in particular, needling away at Couch. Um, I think, so I mean, he, 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 you know, Couch gave as good as he got. It wasn't oh, that yeah. one-sided, but it was it was an excellent dynamic that I'll always kind of remember. 
it was they were just they were they were friends and they respected each other but at the same time it was like yeah you know we're just gonna give each other <laughs> as much shit as possible and Couchers just put in the chat that one time he'll be the I'll be the cleric and he'll be the bard which is kind of giving me an idea alright we play a session where we all swap character sheets so you play a cleric Couch plays the bard I'll play a ranger Chris can play the rogue I do feel that Ranger and Rogue are too similar for it to be distinct. Yeah, but you guys have to swap. Otherwise, it's no fun. <laughs> so basically, it'd just be everybody watching what Couch and I get yes. up to. <laughs> I'm, I'm oddly okay with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that, that's, that's a, a very quick question for us to answer because we, we are so very, very set in in our default class. Now, there are some classes that I've never played that I would love to play. Okay, um, do, do tell. I've never played a paladin, and I really want to, uh, just because I really like the idea of smite. <laughs> yeah, I like um, it. I've also, I've never played a warlock. I've built many, because they're, they are one of the classes that if you multi-class into there's a lot of fun stuff you can do in 5e with with warlock a couple of like a couple of levels into warlock but i've never like actually played one i've built loads so i would love to play one of my warlocks that i've built um and there, oh, there was another one because i was talking about this the other day uh paladin warlock and come back to me on the third but there is another one um okay so paladin i'm already kind of playing mm. um in fabula ultima i've kind of geared my character in you know he's a holy warrior as it were you and playing the cleric now. I, I, I won't call him a cleric I'd, it'd be he's more leaning on paladin. it'd be leaning, yeah but couch isn't in the game so it doesn't count but he's all of the NPCs. <laughs> yeah, but it's but the but the thing is, even playing even playing the the paladin, I think a little bit of that that bardness kind of creeps out from time to time. It does. It does. I think that's just you, right? I think that's just me. <laughs> bardness is just you. Yeah, I I am a dick, and you know it's hard to pretend to be anything else. So, yeah. But yeah, definitely. So I I can't say paladin. Um, uh, I played a kineticist for mm -hmm. one of the society games. They are fucking awesome. So I definitely want to kind of <laughs> play one of that. Play one of those again. Um, I haven't played very many. Um, straight up, like martial characters. You know, I've never played a fighter or I've never played a barbarian. That I'd find fun. that I'd find interesting, but yeah. I don't know. You your fun and my fun are very different. Yeah. You know, I, my fun is I can do a thousand things. You know, whereas yeah. I always see fighters and barbarians as oh, I can do one thing and I do it really well. But see, I think that's part of the problem though, right? Is that's how a lot of people see them. But there's nothing to stop you being a charismatic fighter, right? Look at fucking yeah, but, um, Zorro. He's charismatic yeah. as fuck. He's a fighter. Yeah, but he'd be a swashbuckler. 
that's just, okay. He's still a rogue. He's still a like he's still a melee martial fighter. Or a swashbuckler, as the class may be. Okay, but in five e, that's a rogue subclass. I'm never gonna play that system. <laughs> I'm just saying it's still a like martial class, right? I'm um, never playing that system, so it's wizard never going to happen. One for me, it was a wizard. Wizard, yeah, I've never wizard, a wizard. I'll, yeah, I'll give you that. Wizard is definitely one that I, mm. I actually, I actually had a wizard planned in one of our friends' games, mm. and you know, it was yeah. Can I use Tales of the Valiant? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, of course. So I was going to bring in a wizard, and I had the coolest character concept. I really want to tell you what it is. I don't I know because I want to play it, but I don't, uh, it's one of these things. I'm never actually going to play it. So, all right, fuck it. I'll tell you what it is. Right. So my wizard was going to be a skeleton, right? Nice. So it's going to be a skeleton. It's going to be a skeleton wizard. And the reason he's a skeleton is because in a previous life, he was a cleric. All right. A cleric who got so obsessed with power, he wanted to become a lich. However, he got it mixed up. And instead of gaining power, then dying, he died. died. (laughs) So, you know, now hundreds and hundreds of years have passed. (laughs) Yeah, he'd misunderstood the instructions. And he, read, he read them backwards. He, you know, instead of kind of going, I need to become super powerful and then die. He was like, okay, so I need to die. And then went, <laughs> well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the concept. And now it would be that he like, obviously he's God's forsaken him. He can't be a cleric anymore. So yeah. thousands of years have passed since then. So he has trained himself to become a wizard. <laughs> So yeah, that was the character concept. Oh, that's brilliant. That's actually I brilliant. know, right? Oh, that's so funny. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, no, I've, I've, I've again. Wizards are ones that I've built lots of because they're fun to take a like a multi-class dip in when you're theory crafting. Like, how much damage could I do with this, or how fast could I get, or that sort of things, right? Um. But I've never actually built and played a wizard. I've played a sorcerer, which is like a half a wizard. Um, I've played bards. I've played rogues to the nth degree. I've played paladin. Uh, not paladins. I've played barbarians even. Um, I've played fucking everything else. I've played clerics. Um, I've played druid. Druid's fun. Shapeshifting and shit. But yeah, those are the three classes though, that I would I would love to play. Um, I think in a no. future future time. All right. Well, we'll look into it. Right now, you've got a social media manager to play. <laughs> you've got a social media manager to play and a fighter of sorts. Yes. So yeah, well, let's let's focus on them for now. But I think that's about I think that's about all we've got time for, isn't it, mate? I think so. 
All right. I just want to give a big shout out once again to our partners, uh, Deals of Opportunity and 13th Moon Games. Thank you for all your support. You know, they're great products. Do please check them out because they are absolutely fantastic. Also want to thank um, anybody who's kind of sent in any sort of uh project you want us to talk about um we get through two per week so don't worry if you've sent them in we will get to you we will get through them and just keep sending them in just keep one you know keep them coming also want to thank you uh say thank you to our collaborators sci-fi daryl chris and couch for sending us in random topics every week to close out the show on um and I'm sure there's going to be loads more where that came from. So looking forward to it. But also thank you to you, Justin, for spending some time with me this evening. Oh, shucks. You're welcome. So how about you tell people whereabouts they can find you? Sure. Um, so I'm on most social media platforms at Justin Accurate TV. Uh, you can also find me in the Discord and over on our Facebook page. As for me, you can find me at naturaljuan at dice.camp on Mastodon. You can also find me behind all the social media presence that we have. So if we say something stupid, I've said something stupid. But that's a daily thing anyway. Um, you can also find us on our Facebook group. Um, we're at Too Legit to Crit on Threads, Instagram, and Blue Sky. If you like what we do and you want to see more, then give us a like, give us a rating, subscribe, even just tell your friends about us. Thank you to everyone who joined us this evening in the chat. Lovely to see you guys. Lovely to interact with you guys. Love you to pieces. And most importantly of all, I want to thank you to everyone who has taken time out of their busy day to listen to two idiots waffle on about tabletop role-playing games. Good night. See you later, folks.